You know, intercession is a word that I grew up hearing, and I had my own idea about what that word actually meant. And so in my mind, growing up, I thought the word intercession boiled down to this, praying out loud for a really, really long time. And that's what I thought it meant. Or maybe praying for hours, these really emotionally charged prayers, or, or you know, someone praying really loudly uh, in, in a heavenly language or something like that. But whatever it was, it was long. That's all I knew about intercessory prayer. And I thought that the longer you did this, and I thought the louder that you did this, that that meant that you were an intercessory prayer warrior, and that is what qualified you to be like this spiritual giant. And if you didn't pray that way, then you were just a regular prayer, you know. And that's kind of the way I had it in my mind as a kid. I always had this view of people who were called to be these intercessory prayer warriors as kind of a cut above, uh, you know, the spiritual leadership where these people were just on a whole nother level. And I don't know what you think of when you hear the word intercession or intercessor or intercessory prayer. I don't know what comes to mind, but that's what comes to my mind when I hear those things. But instead of our thoughts and our experiences and what we've come to think intercession is, why don't we instead go to the Scripture? And why don't we allow the Scripture to define for us what intercession is and how it's supposed to impact our prayer life? So with that in mind, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. We ask you that you would open our eyes to see the truth in your word. Let it change us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, go over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at Paul's letter to Timothy. One of the things that will help us to understand this letter anytime you approach it is understand a few things that Timothy was a young minister and Paul is the more experienced older minister, mentor, speaking into Timothy's life, giving him instruction. So that's the perspective that 1 and 2 Timothy are written from. So as we read this, it's an instruction trying to help or an encouragement to help young Timothy to get on track. So 1 Timothy, let's look at chapter 2 and see what Paul tells this young minister here and how it can apply to our lives today. 1 Timothy chapter 2, let's start in verse 1. We're going to read through verse 4. He says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So here he's instructing him, saying, this is the way you're supposed to teach people to pray. These are the types of things you need to be doing as a church leader and how you need to be instructing people and exhorting them and encouraging them to do these types of things together. He said supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings. He said, I urge you, do this for all people. So as we see here, intercession is praying for others. And as we look at the biblical definition for the word intercession, it literally means to petition on behalf of another. That's what it means. You are making a request to God on behalf of someone else. And it has absolutely nothing to do with length or volume or tongues or anything like that. All those, those things may be included. It doesn't have to be those things in order for it to be 
intercession. Now, some people may be called by God to spend longer, more focused times in prayer because perhaps God is placing a burden on their heart for something specific, something they are to intercede for a duration of time for, something they're supposed to pray on behalf of. And that burden may come with it an emotional weight, an emotional weight of care, an emotional weight of concern or a heartache for this particular person or situation. And that may cause people to pray loud or to pray with much emotion or to pray for a really long time. But listen, just because you don't do those things doesn't make you any less powerful of a prayer warrior. It's wonderful when people do those things. I think that's great. I'm not discouraging those who, who, who intercede in that way or that God uses in that way. But just because you don't, there's not this class warfare going on of, oh, God really hears these prayers, but not the shorter, quieter ones. As we've learned throughout this past week, as we all as a church joined together in making a commitment to pray every day out loud. How many of you guys did? Oh, okay, I'm not going to do that to you. All right. <clears throat> I, I heard from a lot of you that some of you, you said it was a challenge to pray out loud. Some of you said, thanks for the reminder. Some of you said, I experienced a, a great deal of joy or, or my spouse and I prayed out loud for each other. Little things like that that I began to hear from people that were huge things in their spiritual growth. So thank you for taking that challenge seriously and applying that and doing that. And I want you to understand that it's not the length of your prayer that impresses God. It's not about the volume. It's not about the emotion that's behind the prayer that impresses God. That's not what gets His attention. It is when we are truly seeking to know Him. It is when we are praying, Lord, Your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven, just like Jesus taught us to pray. Those are the things that get the attention and grab the heart of God when we're deepening our dependence on Him. Because when we go to the Lord in prayer, we're saying, God, I need you. <laughs> I, I, I need you. I, I, I can't and I don't want to do this without you. So let's look here just a little bit closer at 1 Timothy chapter 2 at what Paul is saying to Timothy. He just finished telling Timothy that people are sinful, but Christ came to save people. He came to save sinful people. He said, listen, pray that these people would be saved. They would come to the knowledge of the truth. He said, this is what you need to be concerned with. This is what needs to be on your heart. And in context here, he finishes by saying the focus should be to intercede that people's eyes would be opened to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, to need to see the inability that you and I have to fix our sin problem and that Jesus Christ alone is the answer. Amen? And so he also gives a specific vent here to say pray for leaders. And he's saying pray for kings, pray for those people who are in positions of great influence because as goes their faith, as goes their source of dependence also, that will impact a great number of people. He's not just saying just pray for leaders but he says, pray for their salvation. Pray that they would be saved. Pray that their eyes would be open. So if you want to know how to pray for your boss, for people in positions of, uh, of great influence, whether they be political positions, whether they be um, people who have great uh, uh, affluence and who have great financial position, whether it be people who are in great leadership positions where they may be leading a large group of something. I mean, pray for those people when God puts his people on your heart because God wants us to pray 
for those who are stewarding large influence that their heart, that their dependence would be put on Christ alone so that they would lead and they would guide and they would influence in a way that would bring glory to God. Amen? Amen. That is intercession when you and I say yes to that challenge, when we say yes to that call, just like Paul is telling Timothy, this is important for you to do. It doesn't matter how big or how small your influence is, we all have influence and God is calling every one of us to intercede, to stand on behalf of others because we are all called to be intercessors. What? That's right. We all are called to be intercessors because we're all called to pray on behalf of other people, not just bring our own requests before the Lord. Amen? It's great when you do that. God hears your request. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for bringing your own requests to the Lord. I, I got a message from someone this past week that they were like, oh, it's really difficult uh, when it comes to praying because I always feel like I should be praying for other people instead of praying for my needs. And, and, and that's a great attitude to have. But at the same time, it's okay to pray for your needs. Are you hearing me this morning? It's okay to pray for the things that are on your heart that you need uh, God's guidance or you need his intervention or whatever the case may be. It's okay. God cares about you too, all right? Let's not get out of balance here because I think that we can get out of balance thinking that we're being more spiritual because we're only praying for other people and we're not praying for anything to do with us. No, God wants you to pray for things dealing with you individually, amen? He wants you to pray for those things. Now, let's not get out of balance on that side either, where that's all we're praying for, and we're not standing in the gap or interceding for those other people. Let's stay balanced. Let's not be people who are going to get in one ditch or the other. Go over to Exodus chapter 32. Let's look at a very early story in Scripture where we see Moses interceding on behalf of the people of Israel because these folks have just been liberated from 400 plus years of captivity to the Egyptians. God has done some awesome miracles among them to liberate them and for them to experience this freedom. And Moses has been leading them this entire time. And you think that after 400 years of slavery and you've finally been liberated, you would think that these people would just be so passionately in love with God, wanting to worship Him and give Him everything because of this great work that He had done. You, you would think that, right? You and I think the same thing. If God would just do this for this person or do this for me, then I'd give Him everything. But we see over and over in Scripture that even when God moves on behalf of people, that their hearts still turn towards selfish desires. And this is what happened here. Instead of these people continuing to worship God, it wasn't but just a short period of time. Moses goes up to the mountain to be with God, and while he's away, the people are getting a little restless, and they make for themselves a golden calf, something to worship out of all of the gold and the jewelry that they were wearing. They melted it all down, and they made this image that they could worship, something that they could see and then Moses comes back down from this time with God, and he's none too happy, right? He's not happy at all, and guess what? Neither is God, and God gets really upset with the people, and he's ready to move on, but, but Moses makes intercession in Exodus chapter 32. Let's look at verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, go down for your people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them, and they have made for themselves a golden calf. They've worshipped it, they've sacrificed to it, and they have said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. What? Not just worshipping it, but saying, This 
golden cow right here. You know, you see that. This is what brought you out of the land of Egypt. Whoa, this is complete and utter disrespect. Number nine, and the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation out of you. But Moses implored the Lord as God. He interceded. And he said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this great disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give your offspring, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from this disaster that he had spoken about bringing upon his people. Wow. (laughs) Moses interceded for the people who were being rebellious towards God. And his motive was the glory of God, not just the sparing of the lives of the people. Notice, what was the motive when we read that? What was the motive of Moses' heart? He said, oh Lord, save, <clears throat> spare these people so that the Egyptians won't think that you're just some evil God that brought these people out. I- I'm recalling your promises, the promises of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, the, the covenant that you made. I, I, I'm wanting to bring those things up so that you may be glorified. His concern wasn't necessarily just the people being spared. His concern was the glory of God. And listen, when our motive to intercede for others is the glory of God, it moves the heart and the hand of God because Moses would, was offered something here. I don't know if you caught this or not, but Moses would, was offered something here. In verse 10, he says, Let me alone that my wrath could burn hot against my people, and I consume them, and I will make a great nation out of you. He got an offer here. He said, I'm still going to do what I said I was going to do. Instead of going through them, I'm just going to do it through you. So Moses gets this great offer. And and it could have even been a test of Moses' faith in that moment. Does Moses want to be glorified through this situation? But Moses instead said, I want God to be glorified. Because instead of me getting to be the reset of a new nation, no, 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 I want God to be glorified even through this great catastrophe. Even through this thing that it looks like, man, there is no hope, there's no relief, like this is, we just got to burn it all down, you know. Moses said, no, Lord, you're still great, and I don't want your name to be sullied even among the Egyptians, I don't want them to be able to say that you just led these people out so they could be destroyed. No, Lord, I'm I'm interceding for these people. Isn't it funny that oftentimes when it comes to us having intercession for other people, that we all have a limit, every one of us. I don't care who you are. We have a limit of how far we go, and then we just kind of throw up our hands in the air and we go, man, I don't know anybody going to help that guy. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's going to be able to help that group of people. Man, that person's just too far gone. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to do anything for that person. And we all have that limit of where we just get frustrated, where we're holding on to hope, and we're holding on to hope, and then we just finally go, yeah, I don't think so. But Moses, here in this moment, had such a heart for the people, and more importantly, a heart for the glory of God, that it motivated him 
to find hope where even God had said, I'm ready to move on and I'll make a great nation out of you. And God would have somehow worked it out for his glory. But at the same time, Moses said, no, Lord, do this instead. God, I want to remind you of your promise. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that reset. I, I would rather you get the glory through you taking this terrible situation and turning it around so that people could look at you and see how great is this God. Isn't that amazing that that's the motive? Instead of him making much out of himself, his prayer and his motive was to make much out of God. I think we're all called to make much out of God in our motive and in our praying and in our interceding for others because we should always be praying ultimately for God's will to be done and for him to be glorified. Isn't that what Jesus told us to be praying for anyways? Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. You see, intercession is motivated by compassion. And I believe that some instances the Holy Spirit may open your eyes to a specific need or may expose you to certain people or situations that He knows where your compassion will be stirred. And there's different things for different people that stir us, and I believe some of those things are, are, are just the sovereign hand of God stirring and moving in your life. Some things God knows you naturally care about, and He uses those things for His glory and for the good of the most people that it can touch for His ultimate glory. But whatever it may be, when your compassion is stirred, what are you going to do with it? When your eyes are open to see that need, when you're moved, what are you going to do with that stirring? Do you ever wish there's something you could do about situations that weigh heavy on your heart, but you kind of feel powerless to? A lot of those things either seem too big for us, or we feel like whatever the thing that we could actually do, that it would make such a small and such an insignificant dent that we almost get intimidated to even take that first step to try. This is such a big problem. This is such a big need. What can I really do anyways? And so often we'll just feel like I, I feel helpless and hopeless, but this thing may still be weighing on my heart. Could that perhaps be God leading you to intercede for that situation? Could that perhaps be God putting something on your heart, stirring you? It's just not a, a useless compassion. Listen, I don't believe God ever opens our eyes to a need or moves our heart to compassion with a certain person or group of people or in a certain area just for us to feel bad for somebody else. That kind of seems like a big waste to me, doesn't it, to you? And it's like, oh, man, that's horrible. Oh, that was so hurtful seeing that. Oh, and we just talk about it. We talk about how bad it was. Oh, that was horrible. Did you see that video that's going viral on social media? Oh, man, yeah, I saw it too. Oh, isn't that so terrible? And we talk about it like we can't do anything at all and like we're just helpless. But we serve a big God, people. And I believe that if God is stirring you, if you've been exposed to something that's nagging at you, that's staying on your heart, could it be that God has a greater purpose for you to use that compassion that's been stirred? Could it be that that compassion is the fuel that should drive you to your knees to intercede on behalf of that situation? Could it be that that news didn't just reach your ears so you could have something juicy to talk about with your friends? Could it be that that news reached your ears so you could hit your knees and you could intercede because you know the God who moves and can change any situation for his glory and for the good of others? Amen. Could it be that we have been misinterpreting these promptings and these moments of compassion that we have felt? Could it be 
intercession or an opportunity to intercede for other people. You see, during times that I believe in my life that have been spirit-led intercession, I'll receive like a burden of sorts to pray for a person or for a situation until I feel that that burden has lifted or that it has subsided. It's almost like I'm supposed to stay in this moment. I'm supposed to stay in this, in, in this, this attitude of prayer. And sometimes it'll just come and go throughout the day, you know, and there'll be little moments where, especially when I'm doing something that has nothing to do with that person or that individual or that situation, and I'm like, why all of a sudden am I starting to think about this? What's God want me to do with this? I, I think that there's a lot of times that, that, that God has something set up, and He's wanting us to say yes. He's wanting us to just trust Him. He's not just giving us scatterbrained thoughts or, or scatterbrained promptings where he, he, he may be pulling on our heartstrings to do something. It is for a purpose. Sometimes it's to make a phone call, right? Sometimes it's to go visit or check on somebody. Sometimes it may be to intercede, to pray, especially in those situations where you're like, what can I do about that? Oh, that breaks my heart. Could it be that God has put you in that situation to help you see that situation, to be moved with compassion so you could be a voice of prayer and concern and intercession to be able to trust God. I want you to move in this person's life or in this situation because I know that you ultimately are going to be glorified somehow. And I don't know how, but I pray your kingdom would come and your will would be done, Lord, in this situation that you would move and you find out what Scripture says about that situation. You find out how God's heart is bent towards people in those predicaments. And you pray and, and you begin to intercede on behalf of the people. And man, when you don't know what to pray, God's got that taken care of too. Because Scripture says the Holy Spirit intercedes and prays for us. Isn't that awesome? Let's go over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And, and I... I want to tell you something before we read this scripture. Um, Romans chapter 8, if you are looking for something to meditate on and something to think on and something to stir you that I don't think you could ever truly fully grasp no matter how long you spent on it, Romans chapter 8. <laughs> I have been just hanging out in Romans chapter 8 lately. And Hopefully you'll be able to see why as we read a portion of it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12, Scripture says this. This is Paul again writing to the church in Rome. He says, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who were led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the, for the revealing of the sons of God. 
For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Man, I just don't have enough time. <clears throat> we would just be camping out here like it would be Monday night would be showing up for church service and we'd still be here. But Paul is talking here about living in the Spirit. He's talking about this new life that we have in Jesus. And this section of this letter to the church in Rome is meant to bring comfort to the reader to have full assurance that in our longing to receive that full experience of salvation through being glorified with Christ, that we should be patient as we suffer. We should be patient as we're challenged. We should be patient in our groanings and that we should, in our suffering find comfort knowing that God is working all things out and that the Holy Spirit in the middle of all of this is actually making intercession for us. He's making intercession. He's going between making intercession on our behalf for us. So it's not even in our, in, in our weakness that we're trying to find that little ounce of strength to just hang on. Don't worry. Find comfort and assurance that in the middle of your trials, in the middle of your sufferings, that the Holy Spirit is making intercession for you. And he's saying he's working everything out for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. And he said the prayers that the Holy Spirit is interceding for you, is the, it's groanings that cannot even be uttered. It's too deep for words. There's not even words for it it's just a sound and it's deep and the holy spirit is doing that interceding on our behalf and when the holy spirit does that scripture says that he's praying the perfect will of god that he knows how to pray the perfect will of god to move in your life and on your behalf he's making intercession for us here we see in verse 22 that creation is groaning and then we see in verse 23 how born again believers how we are groaning and then how the spirit is groaning how that groaning that that compassion that that care that desire for change that desire to see god be glorified that desire it is causing a groaning because we haven't yet fully obtained that we're not fully there yet Paul said, I'm not there yet. I'm pressing on. I haven't already obtained all of it. Man, I'm still longing and holding on to hope. And that groaning is, is part of that intercession 
When he says in verse 26 that the Spirit makes groanings that are too deep for words, this portion of Scripture here is not talking about the spiritual gift of tongues. I grew up hearing that it was, and maybe you did too. And I want to clarify what he is talking about. He's referring to and the awaiting of Christ's return. As we suffer with Christ, as verse 17 says, if we're going to be heirs with Christ, then Scripture says we must suffer with Christ. And when I read that, I, I don't like that. I want it to all be good and bunnies and, and sunshine and, and dancing through fields of cotton candy. I mean, that's, that's what I want. That's what I signed up for. But verse 17 says that we're heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with Him in order that we would be glorified with Him. But don't worry. Don't, don't get upset about that. Don't, be, don't get nervous. Don't get angry about that. He said, instead, be comforted because know that you have the Holy Spirit praying for you. I know you're groaning, but the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Don't you know all things are going to work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose? That's good news. Part of intercession is us trusting the Holy Spirit to pray when we don't have the words. Because sometimes you don't have the words, but you have the burden. You've got the burden. You've got the compassion. You've got the stirring. And it's just like, I don't know what to say. All I can do is just groan. All I can do is just hurt for you and, 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 and have this burden. And I know that in those groanings that the Holy Spirit is praying and uttering word, things that are too deep for words. And when he does that, he's, he's uttering the perfect will of God. I don't know what that does for you, but I hope that it brings you comfort. Because when I hear that, I go, thank you, Lord, that this isn't dependent upon me. <laughs> that it is your spirit working in me, it is your spirit working through me, and it is your spirit working for me. That should bring us comfort and assurance to know that even when we don't know how to pray, like Paul said, when you don't know how to pray as you ought, don't worry about it. Don't go, oh no, this situation didn't work out because I didn't pray right. Or I didn't pray enough. Or, or I just had this burden, but I didn't, I didn't say the right words. And, 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 and that, that situation didn't, didn't go the way I thought it was. Maybe if I would have prayed longer. Maybe if I would have prayed louder. Maybe if I would have used more scriptures. I don't know. No, no, don't let the enemy beat you up over that junk. Don't let the enemy beat you up over that trash. Don't listen to that noise. Oh, if I would have just done more. No, no. If you have that burden, just rest and trust in the middle of carrying that, in the middle of that suffering, know that the Holy Spirit's got you. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know the, the, the right words, but the Holy Spirit knows how to pray the perfect will of God. And He's not just praying the perfect will of God, but He's praying the perfect will of God for you in your life, in this situation. So when you're suffering and when you don't know how to pray, still find rest and comfort that intercession is still happening. We prioritize prayer because when we pray, we deepen our dependence on God. That's what we say here at Word of Grace. We prioritize prayer because when we pray, not if we pray, when we pray, amen? amen. We deepen our dependence on God. 
When we intercede for others, we are positioning our hearts to say, God, I care about this situation deeply, and I trust that only you can provide a resolution. I pray that you would bring about in this situation what brings you glory and what will do the most good. We cannot control other people, folks. We can't control outcomes or what people do in their own lives, what they do to us. Even when we see clearly what they should do. Oh, isn't that frustrating? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, ugh, I, it's so clear. It's so easy. I see what well, you should just do. It would fix this thing. Man, it would make things right. And don't you know the, the, the pain and the hurt that you're causing? And oh, it just oh, it hurts us, burdens us. But we can't control them. But here's what we can do. We can intercede for them. God, I... I care about this person. I care about this situation. I pray you bring a resolution. You open their eyes that I intercede, Lord, that you do what brings you glory and what does the most good. We can pray for others. And it may be for long extended periods of time, but it doesn't have to be in order for it to be effective or powerful. But it can be. Because when I will intercede for a situation or someone, it's normally like this kind of unexplainable like burden or heaviness on my heart. And I have to pray till that thing's gone. And I just pray till I feel it lift. It may not totally go away, but I just feel a peace. As I pray, something just kind of changes, something shifts. And, and all I can attribute that to is, is that perhaps that I've done what God wanted me to do with that compassion that he stirred. That's, that's all I, I, I can attribute that to. But I do want to be obedient when God moves my heart to have compassion for a situation instead of just going, oh man, that's too bad. Mm, oh man, that makes me feel bad. Oh, I hate hearing that. Oh, what if that's supposed to drive you to prayer? What if? You know, even if it's not the Holy Spirit necessarily leading and prompting you to prayer, I don't think it'd be a bad thing to pray for someone or a situation that you had compassion for. I don't think any wrong could be done by saying yes to that. So why not allow that compassion to drive us to be people of prayer, people of intercession? I think the more that we do that, I think the more that we'll actually begin to care about others, that we'll begin to want to serve them in that way and love others in that way. I want our church to be full of intercessors, full of prayer warriors. And I believe that it is. I believe you just need to be equipped to be able to say yes and to step up. And if you don't know how to pray, just acknowledge that. Just acknowledge that and, and ask for the Holy Spirit's help with that burden. The Holy Spirit, you don't know what to pray. If you don't know what to pray, if you don't know what to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to, to give me those words. Or maybe it's something too deep for words. I don't know. But if you don't know where to start, maybe you should begin like Paul said to Timothy. Intercede. Pray for your leaders. Pray for their salvation. Pray that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. Pray that others will put their hope in Christ alone as the source of their salvation. Pray that others will grow and trust God more. To be led by God in their lives. To have their eyes open to see their need for Jesus so that they too, like us, can have hope. So that they can have hope in Christ alone. And in nothing else. And in nothing else that our hope can be in Christ alone. So here's how I want us to end our time together 
today. My prayer is that you have been stirred in this moment. And maybe there's someone who God is putting on your heart even now. Maybe there's someone who's been on your heart and you didn't know what to do with that. Maybe you're dealing with something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it may be. Man, hey, listen, if you're dealing with something right now and you're like, I don't, I don't really want to pray right now, Pastor, because I know you're about to ask us to pray. Why don't you tap the shoulder of the person sitting next to you and say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I'm going through something right now. That's okay. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then maybe you just rest and trust and say, Holy Spirit, would you intercede for me right now? Would you pray for me? I'm going through something. And if God's put someone or a situation on your heart, I want us to take the next minute or two and I just want us to lift it up corporately before the Lord in prayer. Just as we are here gathered in this space, if you're watching online, I want you to join in too. I want you to pray for whatever's going on in your life. If you're out in the commons area, I want you to pray for whatever it may be that the Holy Spirit may have put on your heart, maybe even during this message. Uh, maybe there's someone that just kept popping up. <laughs> situation that just kept popping up. Maybe an organization. Maybe, maybe you want to pray for Pastor Keith and his family as they go on sabbatical. Maybe you want to pray for uh, the upcoming election. Maybe that's something that's been on your heart. Maybe you want to pray for something going on at work. Maybe you want to pray for someone that you know has just lost a loved one. Maybe you want to pray for someone who's going through divorce or someone who's struggling right now. Maybe you want to pray for someone who's confided in you that they're struggling with addiction or some sort of challenge, whatever it may be. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And here's what I want us to do. And I'm here, it's stretchy, stretchy time. <laughs> Even if it's just a whisper, I want to challenge you to pray out loud. Not because I believe God doesn't hear prayers unless they're out loud. No, no, no. I don't, it's not because of that. It's because I believe we need to grow. If you just say, Lord, doesn't have to be long. I'm just going to take a couple minutes as Pastor Gino is just going to play. And can we pray and just ask God to move, that his will would be done, that he would be glorified, that eyes would be opened. Can we do that together? Let's pray.